It's the Old Man Yells at Music Podcast. The show where a guy looks back at selected hits from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Also, some old musical TV shows, albums you may have forgotten or never even heard of, and more. Now, here's your host, the old man himself, Roger Stroop. Hello, and welcome to Episode 70 of the Old Man Yells at Music Podcast. I'm Roger Stroop. This week is the eighth installment of my sub-series, Tales from the Bargain Bin, where I look at albums released by major labels that did not sell well and likely ended up in the discount racks of record stores. Being a successful child or teen actor in Hollywood is a strange thing. At an age when you're supposed to be dreaming about what you want to be when you grow up, you're already living the dream of many people. You've got money, fame, and the ability to have pretty much anything you want. But at the same time, people around you are still asking for more. They believe that your fame has a shelf life, and they want to milk your limited time at the top for as much money as they can. And one way to do that is to have you put out an album. Young actors have young fans, and young people are a primary market for the pop music industry, so a detour into music is seen as an ideal way to maximize a young star's earning potential at the peak of his or her powers. And as a result, we get product like the subject of Tales of the Bargain Bin number 8, the 1978 self-titled LP by acting siblings Christy and Jimmy McNichol. Born in Los Angeles in 1961 and 1962, Jimmy and Christy McNichol both began acting in commercials in the late 60s, both together and separately. Then they started getting guest roles on TV series and in movies. But it was younger sibling Christy who got the first regular gig, playing the daughter of a man who gives up the city for a rural lifestyle in the 1974 show Apple's Way from Walton's creator Earl Hamner. The show lasted 28 episodes before being canceled in January of 1975. The next year, she was cast as Buddy Lawrence, the tomboyish younger daughter of a middle-class California couple on the ABC drama Family. The show was a hit, and Christie's performance won acclaim and earned her an Emmy Award for Best Supporting Actress in a Drama Series in 1977. In the fall of 77, Jimmy finally got his own regular TV role as the second oldest son of a working-class Michigan family in the CBS drama The Fitzpatricks. Around this time, Christy began showcasing her talents as a singer, performing a few numbers with Karen and Richard on a Carpenter's Christ Christmas special. Perhaps that, combined with the young fan bases both McNichols had amassed, inspired RCA Records to sign the siblings and send them into the studio with Phil and Mitch Margot, two former members of the Volk group The Tokens, who had become producers for artists such as Tony Orlando and Don. The result of those sessions were released as the LP Christy and Jimmy McNichol on August 11, 1978. The album cover features a photo of the siblings, with Christy looking over Jimmy's shoulder. Jimmy is wearing a shiny red zipper jacket, unzipped enough to show his gold chain necklace, and that he's not wearing a shirt underneath. Christy is wearing a white blouse and what looks like a red scarf. The picture has an aqua blue border around it, and above the two of them are the words Christy and Jimmy in a flashy script font with McNichol in yellow block letters in a purple bar, 
It's all very on brand for 1978. Now let's take the record out of the sleeve and find out just what it sounds like. Track one is a dance tune called He's a Dancer. Here's the lyrics. He's a dancer. I like his nighttime walking to that funky, funky rhythm to that rock and roll. He's a dancer. There's no time for talking because the beat stays with him and it won't let go. Won't let go. But the day he works hard in the greasy part of town and he's longing for the nighttime when he starts to turn around, gets down on the floor, starts to boogie down. He's the king of moves, the king of moves, and the music is his crown. They trade lead vocals, and you notice that Christie's voice is deeper than Jimmy's, which is notable because she's both younger than him and a girl. It's a pretty nondescript disco track, except for the fact that the lyrics are essentially a summary of the plot of Saturday Night Fever, which had come out several months earlier. The performance is school talent show level. It's not a strong start. Track two is Page by Page, a country pop song. Let me read a few lyrics. Now I come back again to take a closer look. I seen your pretty cover. Now I want to read your book. Is there so much more to you? More than meets the eye? The, the subtle things you do won't let it pass you by. Page by page, I will unfold your story. Word by word, page by page, I will unfold your love. Word by word, I'll put it all together. Page by page, I will unfold your love. They try harmonizing on this, and it's not good. They're clearly trying to project some musical depth, but it doesn't just doesn't go well for them. Does the album get any better? Find out after this. Hi, this is your host, Roger Stroop, letting you know that if you like my point of view on old pop music, you can actually find lots more of it on the Old Man Yells at Music blog. I've been looking back at top 40 charts from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and beyond for almost 10 years now. And I've done hundreds of entries and covered thousands of songs from the American, Canadian, and British charts. From the A's to ZZ Top. From Abacab to Zoom. You'll also find my Uneasy Rider tournaments, celebrating the odd ducks of the American Top 40. The 70s tourney is complete, but the 80s one is just getting started. And you can follow along on the blog as it progresses. And of course, you can find links to the latest episode of this podcast and the accompanying YouTube playlists there. So take a look at the Old Man Yells at Music blog, which you can find at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. Why is it there? You'll have to go there to find out. That's the Old Man Yells at Music blog at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. Track three is... Girl, You Really Got Me Going. This is not a cover of the Kinks classic, You Really Got Me, but rather an original song by the Margo Brothers. See if these lyrics get you going. Now I'm the type of guy who likes to get around, all around, check out and see what's happening. Then one day you came and turned my head around. Sweet love. Girl, you really got me going. Yeah, you really got me going. Seem to be with, with me everywhere I go. I see your face every place. Whenever I look inside those deep and friendly eyes, sweet love. 
It's kind of a retro-styled pop rock number sung by Jimmy. It's kind of like what Sean Cassidy did when he was having hits at this time. But I think even he would have rejected this. So far, we're 0 for 3. Track 4 is the first of three covers on the album. A Christie sung cover of My Boyfriend's Back, a 1963 number one for the girl group The Angels. I hope I don't get in trouble for reading lyrics. He went away and you hung around and bothered me every night. And when I wouldn't go out with you, you said things that weren't very nice. My boyfriend's back and you're going to be in trouble. Hey la, de la, my boyfriend's back. You see him coming, better cut out on the double. You've been spreading lies that I was untrue. So look out now because he's coming after you. Hey, he knows that you've been trying and he knows that you've been lying. He's been gone for such a long time. Now he's back and things will be fine. You're going to be sorry you were ever born because he's kind of big and he's awful strong. Hey, he knows I wasn't cheating. Now you're going to get beaten. What made you think he'd believe all your lies? You're a big man now, but he'll cut you down to size. Wait and see. It's the kind of cover version you'd hear in a variety show skit, well below the level you would expect for a pop album. It definitely seems like the label was hoping that this album would coast to success on the strength of the McNichols fame, so they weren't investing much on production and arrangement and those kind of things. Track 5 is called Slow Dance, but I'll read the lyrics at a normal rate. It's a slow dance. Take a little time for romance. Come a little closer, baby. Slow dance. Whispering the words I want to hear. It's been a long night. Now my head is on your shoulder, and it's so right. Slow and gentle kisses on me. Tonight, I will be dreaming of you. I think this is Christy saying. Whoever it is, it sounds like Donny Osmond circa 1971. Or maybe New Kids on the Block circa 1989. Not that it would have been a hit at any at those or any other times. Track 6 is the LP's second cover of a 1963 number one girl group hit. In this case, it's He's So Fine by the Chiffons. Strangely enough, the actual Chiffons sing backup for Christy on this one. Here are some upstanding lyrics. He's so fine. Wish he were mine. That handsome boy over there the one with the wavy hair. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to make him mine. He's the envy of all the girls. It's just a matter of time. He's a soft guy, also seems kind of shy. Makes me wonder if I should even give him a try. But then I know he can't shy. He can't shy away forever. And I can't, and I'm going to make him mine if it takes me forever. I feel like this is the track on which the most effort was put in, and I would also say it's the best sung. These are probably the reasons it was the album's first single. Certainly the best overall track, but that's not a high bar to clear. Track 7 is Box on Wheels. Ride along with me for some lyrics. Gonna fall in place in a, bo- in a box on wheels. Come and ride with me. Yeah, I love the way, way it feels. Yeah, rolling along. Easy, rolling along. 
take a canyon drive for the scenery, with my favorite you sitting next to me. Rolling along. Easy rolling along. Cruising under control. Climate's under control. We got the tape deck pumping with some rock and roll. First of all, is box on wheels supposed to be a cool slang term for a car? It's really not. It sounds like he's driving a panel truck or maybe a Volvo, neither of which are noted cruising vehicles. And then there's Jimmy's suddenly deeper voice. He was 17, so I'm guessing he had been using falsetto before, rather than this being a puberty thing. Either way, it's another retro rock number that would have been rejected by Sean Cassidy or Leif Garrett's people. Track 8 is the motivational disco track, Go For It. Take a chance and listen to me read lyrics. Go for it. Even if you think you ain't ever gonna make it, go for it. When you get the chance, you know you gotta take it. Don't be afraid to call me. I love to talk to you. I'm everyday people. Every day is full of things to do. Don't be shy. Do or die. This is like a song that an up-with-people-wanna-be-singing troupe would perform at an anti-drug middle school assembly. They even take the time to give solo spotlights to the guitarist, the, pian the pianist, the bassist, and the conga player. A note here. According to Discogs, the conga player on this album was Paulinho da Costa, a Brazilian percussionist who has nearly, nearly 2,000 credits, having played on albums by Dizzy Gillespie, Earth, Wind & Fire, Michael Jackson, Barbara Streisand, Celine Dion, and hundreds more. But I'm pretty sure the gay he'll never forget is playing with the McNichols. We'll look at the last two tracks and talk more about the album right after this. The Old Man Yells at Music podcast now has a Patreon. Yes, if you like this podcast so much you are moved to financially support it, now you can. There are different tiers with different rewards, such as early episode access, the ability to vote on future topics, and bonus episodes about extra songs from the charts I cover, other charts from other years, genres, and countries, and even the biggest hits of the 21st century. And you can even pick an episode topic for me at the top level. So if you're interested, go to patreon.com and search Old Man Yells at Music. Or click on the link click on the links to the show notes, my social media posts, or the blog at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. Help me yell more at more music. Become a Patreon subscriber today. Track 9 is the album's final cover. In this case, it's of the 1958 Danny and the Juniors song, Rock and Roll is Here to Stay, which had just been covered by Sha Na Na in that summer's hit movie, Grease. Yet another Travolta connection. Here are the long-lasting lyrics. Rock, 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 oh baby. 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 Rock and roll is here to stay. It will never die. It was meant to be that way, though I don't know why. I don't care what people say. Rock and roll is here to stay. We don't care what people say. Rock and roll is here to stay. Rock and roll will always be. I dig it to the end. It'll go down in history. Just you watch, my friend. Rock and roll will always be. It'll go down in history. This is the most cruise shippy of the covers. 
It's the very definition of filler. And the tenth and final song is called Hot Tunes. Let's fire up the lyrics. Can't stop. Strong O. Sounds so good on my radio. Stomp my feet. Clap my hands. Surrender to the rhythm band. Love those hot tunes. Hot, fast like a laser blast. Countdown. All systems go. Flying high like a UFO. Like a UFO. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Blast off. It's yet more variety special watered down tripe. Later in the song, they say that they feel the funk. They most certainly do not. So, my overall impression? This is thrown together cash-in garbage. If the McNichols had real singing talent, which I don't know for sure that they did or didn't, the Margos certainly didn't bring it out of them. The brothers just stuck them with oldies covers and songs that are an old person's idea of what the kids wanted at the time. This was always going to sell only as many copies as the ads in teen magazines could persuade readers to buy before hearing any of it. Because once they did actually hear some of it, they would keep their allowances in their pockets. Christy and Jimmy did their part to promote the album. They sang He's a Dancer on American Bandstand, and in September they co-hosted a primetime special previewing ABC's New Fall Saturday morning lineup to further entice the kitty market. He's So Fine, credited to just Christy McNichol, even made the Hot 100, peaking at number 70. But neither the second single, Page by Page, nor the album ever charted. And the McNichols' attempt to be the new Donnie and Marie ended soon afterward. Christy remained on Family, picking up one more Emmy before the show ended in 1980. Also in 1980... McNichol co-starred with Tatum O'Neill in the summer camp sex comedy Little Darlings, which did well at the box office and got good reviews for Christie's performance. She made several more movies in the 80s, many of which were unsuccessful, and her, and her 1982 musical The Pirate Movie, which I will confess I saw in a theater, actually got her nominated for the Worst Actress Razzie Award, which she lost to Pia Sidora. In 1988, she landed a role on the NBC sitcom Empty Nest, which lasted seven seasons. McNichol, however, left the show due to mental health issues, but not before she appeared in an episode with special guest star Garth Brooks. I just might do that one for a tune-in, turn-on, rock-out someday. After that, she pretty much left the business and taught acting classes for a while. She now lives with her partner in Los Angeles. Meanwhile, Jimmy's show, The The Fitzpatricks, had already been canceled when the album came out. In 1979, he was back on CBS in the disco drama California Fever, in a cast that included Grease and Falconcrest hunk Lorenzo Lamas and Mark McClure, who was Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen in the Christopher Reeve Superman movies and Marty McFly's brother in the Back to the Future films. That show was canceled after 10 episodes. After that, he did some TV and B-movies. 
had a part on General Hospital for a while, and eventually retired from acting in the early 90s. Since then, he's devoted much of his time to environmental causes. But record labels and young actors did not stop trying to get their fan bases to support their dreams of pop stardom. Chachi from Happy Days, Alex from One Day at a Time, Little Olivia from The Cosby Show. And sometimes, former child stars tried to, tried to reinvent themselves as musical artists years later. Remember Stephanie, the little girl who moved in with the bunkers on the last season of All in the Family? Or Sam, the son of the woman Mr. Drummond married in the later years of Different Strokes? All of these put out albums, and they all may very well be future Tales from the Bargain Bin. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. As always, if you like what you've heard, share, subscribe, and leave a review where you found it. You can also leave feedback on the Facebook and Twitter feeds, both of which are at Mr. B. Glovehead, or on the blog post for the episode, which is at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. Or you can check out the Instagram account, at Old Man Yells at Music. As always, there's a companion YouTube playlist for this episode, which I will link to in the show notes. Also on the show notes is a link to my Patreon, where you can support the show and get some bonus content. And make my charts, just like Mike Birmingham. All lyrics quoted are for the purposes of discussion and review. No infringement is intended. Next time on the show, it's the fifth round of the 80s Uneasy Rider Tournament. Who comes out of the last 16 to get to the quarterfinals? Find out with me. Until then, I'm Roger Stroop, saying I'll see you sooner or later, and I hope it's not later. Stay safe.